going on guys getting in the green we're going to change it up a little for you this week so we're going to come at you with the monday night showdown slate here we're going to go from the top to the bottom by salaries kind of give you our feelings on each player and hope help you guys put some lineups together to finish off this week six all right let's start off uh maybe even before we get into the players value let's just talk about the, the game, game in general so we got the bills versus tennessee um bills look like the best team in the league really amazing offense really good defense Obviously, Tennessee's a very bipolar team, I would say. Sometimes they look amazing. Sometimes their offense uh, can really get it going. Defense has looked pretty weak so far this year. Kind of a weird team to gauge in general. Um, I know my feelings. I think I think Buffalo's going to absolutely dominate this game personally. Um, I know it's hard to tell with Tennessee's offense sometimes, but I think Buffalo's the real deal, and I'm going to be really heavy on Buffalo. How are you, Corey? Yeah, I... I'll probably lay the chalk and take the money line over given the five and a half, but I think too much is being put into Tennessee's weapons coming back. It doesn't change their offensive line, man, and this Buffalo defense is no joke. Uh, we saw them against Kansas City just give that offense fits, and Tennessee's not even remotely close to Kansas City. Um, also, that dude, their safeties, just the way they play is really going to hurt Tennessee here. Um I got Buffalo by like 20 tonight, but hey, that's why we play the games. But for me, especially on the showdown slate, I think it's just going to be a heavy Buffalo night as far as yeah. points being scored. I agree. I, when I'm going through this, I'm having trouble finding myself to really play too many Tennessee guys. There's a couple that I sneak in there, but they're just they're they're heavy, they're expensive for how I think this game's going to go. So let's uh, without further ado, let's get going here. Um, let's look just at the top player. Let's start. It's uh, obviously going to be the quarterbacks. Start off with Josh Allen. What do you think uh, of Josh Allen here? The guy is an absolute machine. I think we're at like 27 fantasy points a game. Tennessee's got one of the worst pass rushes in the league. Um, I see that guy kind of just standing there and picking it, picking them apart. Um, we kind of discussed this too. As much as Buffalo likes to spread the ball around, it's kind of hard to put a receiver in at captain when Allen could have four touchdowns to three different guys, uh, maybe he runs one in. He's also live on the legs, 50, 40, 50 yards rushing. Um, Allen's a smash spot for me here. Me too. He's a, an absolute must play for me. I know people were freaking out a little bit. Week one, week two, had 18 and 17 points. He's turned it on since then, back to the, the Josh Allen that we know. This is one of those games he's live for 40 points for me. Um, I think Tennessee's going to be just competitive enough that where where uh, they're gonna not stop their foot on the gas. Josh Allen's gonna keep it going. Um, we know that Tennessee has had some comebacks in the second half. They're they're gonna take this game seriously. Um, you know, it's not like necessarily like the Houston game where you won forty to zero. Um, I think they're gonna crush, but I do think there's gonna be points of competitiveness where Allen is just not gonna stop. I actually have a tough time having a lineup without Josh Allen in my captain spot. That's how confident I am. Maybe, like we said, one of the main receivers get it, Emmanuel Sanders, Stephon Diggs, even maybe Dawson Knox here. Maybe one of those guys end up getting two, three touchdowns is in the MVP spot. But from if I was a betting man here, you got to assume that, that Josh Allen is going to be the guy to have 30, 40 points here in fantasy. He's my captain, even as the most expensive player. And I've actually had some decent lines where I, I can get him in there and still feel comfortable with my lineup. There's a lot of value down here at the bottom in that three to four K range. We'll get into so. Next one up is uh, Derek Henry at eleven thousand four hundred, and 
Derrick Henry is an absolute animal who wears on defenses. I just don't know if he can make value tonight, man. Yeah, I'm passing as well. Um, this is just game flow. It's very simple. It's game flow. I think they're going to be down early. I think they're going to possibly even be down big by like halftime. Um, you don't get the luxury of pounding the ball and running the clock when you're playing catch up. I also think Buffalo has one of, if not the best defensive line in football right now. And I think Derrick Henry's going to have a, a tough night. And even when you look at some of Derrick Henry's games, it's exactly what you said. He wears on people. He needs those 30 carries. Yeah. Obviously, that he, he screws people up with those 30 carries, and it's not just because of the volume. It's absolutely him as a runner. But he needs those 30 carries before he gets going, before those six-yard runs, seven-yard runs start coming. And I don't think he's going to get those 30 carries in this game because they're going to be down. It's just not going to be in the game script. Um, this, this game's going to fall on Tannehill, and I don't think he has what it takes to uh, – Another point, too, he's absolutely been crushing with the weapons gone. So they've just been force-feeding him because they didn't have anything else. Yeah. I think they're going to try and spread this out a little more with Julio and A.J. Brown. Yeah, I think they're going to be forced to also. Yeah. I don't think they're going to have a choice, and uh, it's not going to work. They're going to stack the box, and you're going to have to you're gonna have to throw it. And I, if you're Buffalo, that's exactly what you want. Make Ryan Tannehill beat you. Don't yeah. make Derrick Henry beat you, you know? So Tannehill's up next at 9,800. You get a nice little discount there from Henry to Tannehill. And, I mean, for me, this just comes down to how competitive you think they can keep this. Because if you think they're going to keep this within two scores, I mean, Tannehill is going to score. Yeah. Um, last year he was an absolute animal, and I think a lot of people are overjudging him by how poorly he's done this year so far. But, I mean, he's just been throwing the ball to nobodies since week two. Chester Rogers, you know, these guys that are just not NFL caliber receivers. So he's got his weapons back. If you think they're going to stay competitive and the offensive line can hold up, then I like Tannehill. But for me, I just this I see this playing out like that Seattle Week One game where they they just couldn't protect this guy. He's just playing off his back foot. Um, yeah, I I'm going to be passing on Tannehill. There's more value down lower, but if you think this is a competitive game, Tannehill's absolutely the play for Tennessee. Yeah, I'm with you there. Most of my lineups, I'm ending up passing on Tannehill, especially if I'm going to have Josh Allen as my uh, captain here. If you can get one of the receivers in, maybe you have enough money to go get both of them. I'm not against that play. Um, obviously, you have a quarterback there. If you think there's going to be even even in garbage time, even if you think it's going to be a 20-point game, I think Tannehill's going to throw two touchdowns. He'll probably be on the, the lineup there. It's more just, for me, I have Allen as my, my captain, my MVP, and... Uh, I'm not going to be able to fit Tannehill, and I don't have a problem with that. I like uh, getting in some of the receivers, not only for Buffalo, the main receivers like Diggs here, but also even um, just pick the right receiver that you think Tannehill's going to throw that touchdown to. I think you're going to have more value there. So he's, he's mostly a pass for me. I don't hate him. I actually do like Tannehill more than Derrick Henry this week. All right. Um, up next, we kind of got – Two of the Buffalo receivers, we got Diggs at 9,600, and I'm going to just lump in Emmanuel Sanders overpriced here at 8,600. Yeah. Um, let's just kind of, you got to pick your poison here because Allen does spread this thing around. But for me, I've been looking at like the targets, and it's Diggs has these multiple games over 10 targets. He's the absolute alpha one there still. And we're getting, a, I think Emmanuel Sanders was 7,000 at our last showdown slate. He's all the way up to 8,600 because the guy's just been an absolute touchdown machine. Yeah. He can't keep that up, though. He can't keep that pace up. And I'm not saying it has to end tonight, 
But if you're playing stats, I mean, this guy's not going to score 30 touchdowns this year. He can't keep up that two-touchdown-a-game pace. Yeah, exactly. And even that, like, when you look at his total touchdowns, it's like it happens in the same games where he hits two touchdowns. Um, and then you look at a normal game, and he goes five or six for 60. And it's, you know, you're not paying 8600 for a guy who's going to get you 10, 11, 12 fantasy points. So, yeah, absolutely touchdown-dependent. Again, you're in an offense that scores a lot of points. Could it happen? Sure, it could happen. Diggs is a significantly safer play here with the targets. And, you know, I think Diggs is not getting the love he deserves because he hasn't had that breakout game. But people mm-hmm. forget that Diggs is an alpha, alpha receiver. He is, uh, you know, one of the best in the game. When you had your fantasy drafts this year, I'm sure he was a first-rounder or early second. That's that's what we expect out of this guy, just because we haven't gotten it yet. It's coming the offense scores enough points, he's going to have his 9-10 catch game plus get some touchdowns soon, and he's going to explode. Is this the game? Could be. I feel much more comfortable paying $1,000 more for Diggs and really even keeping Emmanuel Sanders out of my lineup here. Um, you know, obviously, he's getting the touchdowns, but even even with a couple of tough weeks, I don't see Sanders as so different than Dawson Knox or even way down there, Cole Beasley. I think it's random games where each guy's going to have more value. Uh, so, yeah, it's a little bit too expensive for me, but I am on Diggs tonight. Uh, I think this could be his breakout game, um, especially if I'm going to play Josh Allen as my captain. He's going to have to throw to somebody, and I'm going to take Diggs there in my in my lineup. Yeah, and I think also, you know, showdown slates tend to get very high ownership on people based on recency bias. Yeah. Um, I think you're going to see a high ownership on Emmanuel Sanders, and the fact that Diggs hasn't scored since week one, um, I think you're going to see a lower play, so he's just a leverage play here. He's been tackled at the one like three times this year. It's just it hasn't gone his way. Uh, he's kind of got that Jacoby Myers effect yeah. where he just hasn't been able to quite get in there yet. But Diggs is an absolute stud. He's Josh Allen's number one target, and in a game where I think they're going to do what they want on offense, he's going to get his he's going to get his guy rolling here. All right, next uh, next couple guys here. Let's talk about we got AJ Brown seventy eight hundred Dawson Knox. 7,600, and Zach Moss at 7,000. What are you feeling about uh, the top, the, kind of the top receiver for Tennessee at A.J. Brown there? I don't love him this week because of the role he plays in that offense. I think he's completely full of shit saying they're going to limit his snaps until week 10 because I watched this guy run routes on like 90% of the dropbacks yeah. the last couple weeks. So I don't think he's limited in any fashion here. But he is that guy that likes to go into that deep post run the you know these deep routes and Buffalo's safeties are lights out. I mean they completely corralled Tyree Kill, who's just got more speed than AJ Brown. AJ Brown's a taller, bigger specimen who can maybe go up and get some of these jump balls against these guys. That's not how you beat Buffalo though. You don't go deep on Buffalo. Besides the fact that they're getting immediate pressure on your quarterback, you just don't get to run these long rolled out routes. So for me, A.J. Brown just plays the wrong role in that offense for how I think they're going to have to attack this Buffalo defense. Um, so he's a he's a pass for me, especially at 7,800. Yeah, I'm with you there. I think he's still banged up, um, whether he's on a snap count or not. You know, he's still hurt. Um, Julio actually got more practice in last week than A.J. Brown did. Uh, obviously, if Julio's healthy, he's got all the talent in the world. I don't think there's a huge difference between these two. Um, I think Julio might even be a better uh, volume type of a receiver, especially if they're down here just looking to move the chains. 
So yeah, at eight at seventy eight hundred. I mean, we'll talk about him in a second, but I think I prefer Julio down at sixty six hundred until we kind of see the old AJ Brown. And not to harp on the guy, but also the guys had a lot of drops this year. He just looks off. He doesn't look like mm-hmm. he's. And I, some of that might be injury. Some of that might just be the offensive flow. But until I see him back to form, uh, that's way too expensive at seventy eight hundred for me. All right, what about uh, we got Dawson Knox, Zach Moss here. So, I absolutely think Knox is overpriced here. Yeah. But it's not necessarily not warranted. I mean, the guy's been, he looks, he passes the eye test, even if the targets haven't been exceptionally high. I mean, when they throw it his way, that guy just finds himself coming down with the ball. Yeah. Um, he's a big red zone target. I think you're paying a premium here at 7600 though, for a guy that, if he doesn't get in the end zone, is going to absolutely burn you. Yeah, yeah. So, he's, a, he's like... I'll be playing some of him. He's not a must-play for me at that price, though. No, me neither. He's, it's funny. Yeah, it's like exactly what you said. Though. He's extremely touchdown dependent, but a guy that gets all a lot of red zone targets in an offense is probably going to score 40 points tonight. So, you know, don't hate those numbers for a touchdown dependent guy. But I do have trouble paying $7,600 uh, for him there, especially if I, I kind of have this feeling with how bad Tennessee's Secondary has been it's so like I think Dawson Knox is super useful when you're in the twenty and the fifteen and the ten. I have a feeling Josh Allen's going to be burning these guys for thirty yard touchdown passes, forty yard touchdown passes, yeah. and that's why I like Diggs a lot more. And I don't know if we're going to have that many red zone opportunities because I think they're going to have some big explosive plays tonight. So again, I think he's a little overvalued, and it's why I'm not playing too much Zach Moss for the exact same reason. Of course, someone could get tackled at the 5, 10, things like that. Zach Moss, for me, even though he's looked pretty good running the ball, he's a touchdown-dependent guy as well. In games, he doesn't score touchdowns. He's in that 10, 11, 12 fantasy point range, and you're paying 7000 for him. That's really not going to make value. He needs to get in the end zone, get that 18 to 20. And I just don't know if I see it with Josh Allen being able to run it in. Dawson Knox there, if they do get in the red zone for play-action-style stuff. Um, or just those big plays, like I said, I just see them having huge, huge gainers tonight. Um, that's why I like Diggs and Allen. So I'll probably pass on these two guys a little bit. I'm more on Knox than I am on Moss, but I'm probably passing on both tonight. Yeah, I mean, I could see taking a flyer here on Moss because he's got two touchdown potential here. Just from yeah, if they happen to get tackled in the red zone, yeah, that guy is absolutely role reversed on Singletary this year where he, he was a healthy scratch week one all the way to I think he controlled 75% of the snaps last yeah. week. Um, he's their red zone guy. I'm going to be honest, when I look at the eye test, Devin Singletary is the better running back than this guy. But for some reason, the coaching staff trusts him. Uh, maybe it's a pass protection thing. Maybe it's a fumbling thing. They love Zach Moss. So in a team that's going to score 40, this guy's definitely going to get some opportunities. But I'm with you. I see a lot of deep plays here. I also see Josh Allen just kind of – that guy is still trying to build his name, which is sad because the guy's an absolute stud. But he doesn't get the respect that Lamar and Mahomes and these guys get. And I feel like he's going to absolutely try and take advantage of another primetime slot here yeah. to kind of build his resume to the to the uh, you know the NFL world. Um, I got Allen taking one of these rushing touchdowns from him. So – I'll have a flyer with Moss, but for the most part, I'm, I'm going to be off that guy. All right, let's go to the next guy, who I think we both are pretty high on here. It's going to be Julio Jones, 6,600. 
It's just a value play. Everybody knows what Julio can do when he's healthy. He's one of the top receivers in the game. Coming off an injury, has some risk here. This is game flow. They're going to be down. Like we said, we think we're going to, they're going to be down big. They're going to have to throw the ball. It's going to be A.J. Brown or Julio. I like Julio a little bit better with how he's looked this year, and you're getting him for 1200 bucks cheaper. So Julio will be on my lineups. I can fit him in. I think 6600 is a very fair price um, for a guy like that, You know, considering he's also 1000 bucks cheaper than Dawson Knox. Uh, I like Julio. I think he has really good value here. I could see a quiet game. There is absolutely risk. I don't think I want to put him on every lineup because he's coming off that injury. But from a pure value to a talent and the game flow that I think is going to happen, Julio's going to be a lot, on a lot of my lineups. Yeah, I think he works underneath a little better than A.J. Brown at this point in that offense. And, look, Tennessee will get yards. They're going to move the ball. This isn't going to be three and out every play like we kind of saw last night in the first half from Seattle. Tennessee's good enough to get first downs. Yeah. Julio's going to have to get some catches. Um, I do think he's the healthier of the two. And, yeah, I'm going to take the discount. Now, I will say... It cringes me to play Julio Jones because I don't know how many times I've played this guy, had this guy in lineups, and he just walks off with an injury. <laughs> the guy is fragile against a team that hits really hard in Buffalo. So I wouldn't be shocked if this guy walked off with an ankle injury or something. But, like, of the receivers you're going to get from Tennessee, I mean, he's he's my play for the night for them. 6,600, he's in almost every one of my lineups. All right, let's skip all these. Uh, we don't need the backup quarterbacks. quarterbacks. Which next. is crazy to me that these guys aren't like $200. Yeah, I know. I know. We got four of them here. <laughs> you got From, Barkley, Webb, and then Woodside. Oh, five. Trubisky. These guys aren't going to play. Yeah. Um, best case scenario, I mean, maybe you'll see a, a backup quarterback for Buffalo come in when they blow them out. But, like, you can't play any of these guys. And they're expensive. You know, even Trubisky, when he got in, he yeah. got in one game against Houston, scored seven points, which you think would make – Great value if he was two hundred dollars. Hey, Six thousand dollars. This is ridiculous. Yeah. So let's go on to the next guys. Um, we got Cole Beasley, who's man. I really, really want to play this guy, yeah. but you look at the last two games and it's like he hasn't been involved. No. I just, I don't think Emmanuel Sanders has completely taken this guy's role out of the game. So I'm trusting Beasley tonight, but it scares me how they've started to kind of fade him out of the offense. but I like Beasley just at his price. I agree with you. The thing that does scare me about Beasley is exactly what we said, though. We think downfield passes are going to be open. When downfield passes are open, they don't dump off. Diggs and Emmanuel Sanders are the guys to catch it. When you need to grind the field, get possessions, get first downs, Cole Beasley eats. I don't think they're going to have that problem this week, but I still think he has great value where he's at, um, and you almost might have to play him in certain lineups here. But, I mean, the guy's got potential. Week one went eight for 60. Week three went 11 for 98. So This is definitely a leverage play, too. I don't think that many people are going to be on Cole Beasley because of the recency. Yeah. Um, and if he does have one of those games where he just rolls out for nine catches, 50 yards, and hopefully sneaks in a touchdown, I mean. That's my thing. You know, obviously I know Dawson Knox is like a big red zone target. I know Zach Moss is alive to get one. But it's like, would you be so surprised if they're at the five to get a little slant route to Cole Beasley? It's like. He kind of has that same value. He could steal a touchdown, especially yeah. when they're scoring 40 points, and he's like significantly cheaper. Beasley is going to be in some of my lineups. Um, I, I like that value at 54. On to the next one, I'm actually going to be playing a lot of the Bills D here at 4,800. Um, you know, not only are they an amazing D, probably the best defense in real-life football in terms of not allowing points, 
they have been ball hawks. They get turnovers. They get interceptions. They're live for a pick six here, especially Sacks. if they get a lead. Tannehill's going to be on his back. Yeah, I mean, Bills at 4,800, it wouldn't surprise me one bit if they have one of the weeks that they've been having recently, get that 15 to 17 to even maybe 20 points. So um, I like the Bills. I think they're pretty safe. They're not going to hurt you, hurt you. Even if it's a slightly different game than we think play out, I still think they get seven, eight, nine points. doesn't completely kill you here. Um, so I really like that play at 4,800. Yeah, I mean, outside of week one against Pittsburgh where they scored two points, we got 22-7, 23-17. Three out of four weeks, we're over 17 fantasy points. And we're going to talk about some of these guys down here at this price point. You're not getting that kind of floor out of some of these these riskier plays down here. So the Bills are definitely live for a game that they should win. So Tennessee hasn't been exactly great at protecting the ball this year either. Or their quarterback. I mean, that guy stays on his back. Um, yeah, I think Buffalo's live as a defense here, which I usually don't play defenses too much on showdown slates, but at this price, um, they're definitely in consideration here. All right, how about the next guy, which has kind of gone back and forth on, and that's Singletary at 4,600. What do you think? I can't trust him, man. I'm not playing him. I think, I mean, just right there, I'd pay the $200 to get the defense over the running back. Yeah, I think I've talked myself out of it, too, because, again, he's got value when you look at him from a talent standpoint. He's a talented back. He's had a couple big games this year, but again, like we said, week one when he scored 11, uh, Moss was healthy scratch. Week two, he had 17.1, but I think he broke like a 50-yard touchdown run. Can't count on that every week. And then since then, he really has not done much at all. So even with all the talent, um, he's just not catching enough passes. He's not being involved enough. And then if there is a red zone, they're going to give it to Moss. So I'm with you. I think it's a pass here. Of course, the guy could break a 40-yard touchdown run. I think he could still get 70, 80 yards rushing, possibly. But I think the most likely scenario is he gets 40, 50 yards rushing, maybe one catch and ends up with five, six points, and he probably kills your lineup. All right, we got Chester Rogers, who actually has looked good as the wide receiver three for this team. Um, two weeks he scored, you know, 10 and 11, and but he does have those four-point games. He's just one of those, at 4400 I have a hard time fitting him. I wish he was like $2,600 because that's kind of his role on this team is you're going to get three to four targets. If you capitalize on those, you'd make value if you were down there. But I got a hard time paying $4,400 for a guy that's going to run 20 routes. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm, he's a pass for me. Um, not enough volume, tough matchup. Julio, A.J. Brown back. I just don't think – I think he has one of his down games. I'm not really even looking in this direction. And I feel the same about the next player, which is – Fersker. Fersker, who's their tight end. Very touchdown dependent. Doesn't see a lot of volume. Doesn't even see a lot of touchdowns. Um, he's a pass for me. They're not going to be in the red zone enough um, for me to make any value there. Uh, I'd much rather take one of the kickers at this price range than, uh, than the tight end there. Yeah, I mean, then Tennessee's defense is a pass for me because I just don't see this game going in their direction. No. Then we got Bass, who's interesting because this guy is an absolute machine. I mean, he's Justin Tucker-esque as far as kickers go in scoring. Yeah. Yeah. Um, at $3,400, again, he's got an unbelievable floor if you think Buffalo can't be stopped. Yeah. I mean, you're hoping he kicks I mean, you're hoping he kicks a couple field goals, but if he kicks a field goal, they score four touchdowns, you're looking at that seven to eight probably points. That's not that bad at 3,400. If they only score touchdowns, I could see you getting burned here. But for the most part, 
with the lack of value down here, um, Bass is definitely in play for me. Yeah, he's actually even, I might even say a must play for me. Um, I have Bass in almost all my regular season teams. So I've had a lot of Bass all year. Guy's a beast. The guy's consistent. He's a great kicker, first off, in real football. He has good range, very consistent. And you're on an offense that's just scoring points. Um, yeah, he is going to score a lot of extra points here. But you don't, if he's going to score four or five extra points and then sneak in a field goal, two or three field goals, he still makes value. And then if it's like some of these games here where um, the offense uncharacteristically had some red zone troubles, you're going to get 16, 17 points out of, out of your kicker here. Um, he just, he's he's going to make value, I think. Um, maybe he's not on the, the perfect lineup. Um, at the end of the night, if some random guy scores a few more touchdowns, but from a safety standpoint, Bass is very safe, especially you're going to need to put some somebody cheap in your lineup. I like him a lot at 3,400. Um, and then on to the next kicker, Bullock. Uh, again, this just depends on how competitive you think the game is going to be. Do you think the game is competitive? The guy's got value. He does actually kick a lot of field goals. He's had 15 this year. He's had 12 this year. It's just I don't think the offense is going to look very good. And I think by the time the offense looks good, they're going to be playing catch up. They can't even. They're not even. They might not even settle for a field goal. They might go for it on fourth down. Yeah. They might be going for two point conversions. Um, that is why I think I'm going to stay away from Bullock. If you think the game's even going to be remotely competitive, the Bullock's got good value. Also, he does because um, I think Tennessee still does have a good offense, and Buffalo might give up some yards but not give up the touchdown. I could see the situation playing out where he kicks a couple field goals, but I think it's just the general competitive nature. I prefer Bass over uh, over Bullock here, but. Not completely out of bulk. I, I think I will put him on a couple lineups, especially maybe on a lineup, let's say, where I want to get Tannehill and Josh Allen. Maybe I play both kickers. This next guy for me, and very rarely do I listen to other analysts that are so against a guy that I'm in love with. I love Jeremy McNichols in this game at $3,000. I mean, when you go through his game logs, he had one monster game against the Jets where they got into it's just a random kind of back and forth with the Jets, which shocked everybody that yeah. week. Um, and for the other than that, though, they've kept things close or they won. So week one was the complete weird game against Arizona. Uh, the guy had four targets, three catches, 24 yards, and he had two carries. That game was so out of control, it was almost, you know, like Green Bay week one. It just got out of hand. Yeah. Nothing was... After that, though, they, they beat Seattle, so that game was close. He doesn't play that much. He has three catches. Uh, they beat the Colts in a very slow game where they pound the rock. Um, he only has one catch there for 10 yards on two targets. Then they have the game where it's, they're kind of playing, like, we got to move the ball quickly, a uh, couple two-minute drill drives. He gets 12 targets for eight catches and 74 yards. The narrative that Derrick Henry is like this pass-catching running back got shot down immediately after week two. I think that guy averages like one target a game again. That's not his role. Uh, they're going to work that guy as long as they can. But if they're playing two-minute drill ball or they're down multiple scores, they're going to work McNichols in here. Yeah. Um, and I don't see him keeping this thing competitive enough to just lean on Henry here. So for me, I see this guy in a 10-target type game. And if he can get four or five catches, 40, 50 yards, he's going to get a carry or two. Um, he's touchdown potential here. At $3,000, like, this guy is a almost a must-play for me in this situation. 
Yeah, you know, I, I agree with your logic. I think he's a great flyer. I think he has a way higher ceiling. It's going to be, I'm probably going to play some McNichols, and I'm just going to, it's just going to depend. I, I see Bullock and McNichols at the same spot there. I think Bullock's probably safer. He's going to kick a few field goals. Like McNichols' ceiling is way higher if he's actually going to get catches and be involved. I like him here. I like the game script, like we said. Um, he's a good play. I am probably just going to be very, you know, he, he could burn you. He's very boomer bust in this position here. So I think I'm going to go like 50-50 with him where he's great, great, makes your lineup at 3,000, has great potential, but also could play very limited snaps and get you three points. Like that's, accept that, understand that, but great for tournament style. There's nobody down here that I see that has potential to score as much as him um, at that price range. No, I mean, we could talk about the next five guys here in, in one sentence here. Touchdown dependent. Yeah, exactly. You got Gabriel Davis, you got Marcus Johnson, Westbrook and Hine, Pruitt, and Josh Reynolds. Any of these guys could catch a touchdown tonight. That's not out of the realm of possibility. You got guys that are going to run like 10 routes. They are going to see a target or two. I mean, you're completely banking on a score, and you're throwing a dart. Um, I don't know if there's any of these guys that stand out to you above, above the rest, but for me, I mean, this is a pass all the way down here. Yeah, me too. I'm not going lower than, uh, than McNichols there. And I don't really think you need to, especially that, you know, you and me aren't really playing Derrick Henry too much at all this week. And it's you don't need to go lower than that to make a lineup. There's a big gap between kind of the top guys and the middle guys. And I've found no need to go lower than, than McNichols or the kickers there. Yeah. Um, the next guy I, I would never play, but he does take away from McNichols if he gets removed from the IR tonight. And that is going to be Evans, who will take some of that pass-catching role as a running back there. If they activate him, I'm going to be less on McNichols, but I wouldn't play Evans necessarily. Yeah. But he will definitely split that role with him. Um, so that's something to keep an eye on. Um, the news hasn't come out as of this recording, but if you hear something on that, probably lean off of McNichols, go more into that, you know, Bass or Bullock kind of fade there in that price range. Um, and then after that, I mean, we got $200 players. I mean, maybe McKenzie catches a touchdown. Other than that, there's there's nothing left on this slate. Yeah, agreed. All right, guys, so I hope that helps with the Monday Night Showdown. Uh, we're going to be doing all the showdown slates for you now, so tune in this week and uh, hit that like and subscribe to kind of see what we're doing here.